Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for December 9th, 2019. Uh, This is episode number 33. Well, I guess there is only 22 days left in this decade, which is pretty crazy. And it's also crazy to think that our sense of time and being overwhelmed with culture and news and information and misinformation is kind of like toned down the sort of magnitude of of these decades. It used to be the end of the 80s, huge, the end of the 90s, and then um, seemed a little less important at the end of the last decade. And now with this one, people don't even people don't even notice. Um, if we still had some semblance of a journalistic monoculture, I guess there would be a, we'd be talking about a Rolling Stone magazine best albums of the decade. We're kind of talking, I guess, about Pitchfork and some others, but um, not that much. It, it's like it's kind of like the same old stuff we always talk about because lists are so prevalent. So it's like, oh, another list. Well, an end of the decade list might seem bigger if we weren't doing lists all the time. But anyway. Wow, that was a lot of information for the first minute of this episode. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that till I realized that what the date was. But anyway, um, so it's been two and a half weeks since the last episode. Uh, as I mentioned last time, I was headed to Cincinnati for Thanksgiving, and we did that. And it was a good trip overall. It's just good to get home and see the family. Uh, my parents are okay. My mom is okay. My dad is still... Um, I guess just okay, just, you know, just low energy and kind of like sits around um, a lot of the day, but it is good to see him, obviously, and it's it's good he's home, uh, even though it's, my mom is super tired taking care of him. Um, people in their early 80s or uh, mid 80s should um, not have to take care of an older partner, but that's the world the country, the country we live in, not the world we live in, it's the country we live in. Um, anyway, it was good to see them. They were happy to see Oliver. Uh, and yeah, so basically just hung around the house. Um, I was working from home and, uh, for like half a days and then, uh, would kind of run errands and do stuff, um, in the afternoon and, uh, going to Kroger, the grocery store, going to change like big laundry room light bulbs going to Lowe's to do that. Got the car washed, um, did all sorts of fun things. Oh, I got my parents' cars oil changed and like sort of a tune-up. And that was fun. So they they go to the dealership nearby where they got their car, their Ford Escape. And um, you go to the dealership, the uh, oil change and tune-up is included in whatever deal they got when they bought the car. Um, So we go there and... um, I've taken it, I think this is the second time I've done this, but um, I went and got the oil changed and they said, you know, this might be a two hour wait. And I said, I don't care because they have Wi-Fi. So I went in the morning when I was kind of, when I was working and I just kind of like, I stayed there and I said, if you have Wi-Fi and they're like, yeah, we have Wi-Fi, we have coffee, we have popcorn, we have whatever. And they had a TV, um, which normally would annoy me, but they had ESPN on low and then by chance, the Michigan game started, basketball game started while I was sitting there. So it was perfect. I kind of didn't want to leave. I took a look at the new cars. Um, it's fun to look at new vehicles up close, which I never do because I never walk into a dealership because why would I? Um, but the Mustang looks awesome. Not this new controversial Mustang, last year's Mustang, um, which kind of still has a somewhat of a classic look. Um, 
the new Ford uh, Explorer, I like, um, or not Explorer, Escape. The parent, the Escape that my parents have is in the middle of this like five-year run of, I don't like the look of this car. It's just too futuristic without being kind of like cool. Um, but this new Escape has a really great design aesthetic. kind of makes me want a vehicle, even though it looks like I will never have a car. And not that I should, because we don't need another car on the road. Um, I'm, I'm fine just renting cars four times a year. But um, that said, I do kind of like, I love cars. Um, I love the design of them. But anyway, it was fun to spend two hours in a dealership and get a lot of work done. Um, and uh, what else did, what other errands did we do there? Not too much. It's like, like I said, cleaning up the, uh, we like clean the house. I vacuumed the upstairs um, thoroughly. Uh, yeah, we did all this stuff for, for my parents. Um, and Thanksgiving, my sister and her family came over to the house and my my um, first cousin first removed, once removed, came over too. That means it's my cousin's child. Uh, my cousin, my older cousin, all of my cousins in Mexico are older and they have kids. And one of them who's 29 by complete chance got transferred to Cincinnati. He does QA, software QA for Kroger. Um, so he's Mexican, moved from, uh, he had just been in, he had been in Guadalajara, I think. Um, and so he, they lives in Cincinnati. So he, we went and picked him up and I brought him over to our house and we had Thanksgiving and we FaceTimed his mom, i.e. my cousin in Mexico. And that was great. Um, so this young cousin of mine lives in a, uh, skyscraper condo tower in downtown Cincinnati at the edge of downtown um, near where the Riverfront Coliseum is, which just got renamed Heritage Bank Center or some BS like that. Anyway, um, this condo used to be much more of a striking presence in the skyline because it used to be the only thing like over in this end of the skyline. And um, I used to drive by it in the school bus every day on the way to school on the east side from the west side. And uh, and uh, it used to be where like kind of like famous rich Cincinnatians ha, lived. Um, so the rumor was that Mario Soto, who was the, the ace of the Reds pitching staff in the early 80s, lived in this place, one Lytle place. Um, anyway, my cousin told me now that there are no famous people as far as he can tell and that several Bengals and several Reds live now at a place called The Current which is in between the two stadiums um, on the riverfront, about a five-minute walk from this place. Um, so I guess the times have changed. But it was so cool to get a tour of this place. We went up to the roof. I mean, this is like a building I drove by <laughs> from every day on the way to school for years and years, and I finally got to go inside, and it's pretty neat. Um, anyway, what else did we do in Cincinnati? We went to a Korean restaurant in Covington in Kentucky, which I'd never been to, and it got rave reviews. And my friend Steve, uh, native Cincinnatian, uh, Steve from Chicago, said that he had gone a lot too. Um, so me and Julie and Oliver went, and we loved it. I loved it. Um, and uh, then, yeah, drove across the suspension bridge, the Roebling Bridge, back to Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati now has this new Ferris wheel thing, which... Ferris wheels are now a thing everywhere, it seems like, but um, uh, I guess it was temporary, but they're, they haven't gotten rid of it yet. They've extended it because people love it, and it does look cool, so it was fun to see that. We didn't go on it, but maybe next time. And uh, let's see. 
Oh yeah, once again, I got my my dose of going to Kroger, which I love to do, the uh, Kroger Marketplace, which is like a super duper grocery store and it has a bar. So I met Roth there, my friend Roth. We had a beer and Julie and Oliver also sat by and <laughs> actually ate dinner at the bar area in Kroger. And that was great. And then a couple of days later, we went back to get food for Thanksgiving and uh, the night before. So of course it was crazy there. And um, I was pushing around a little mini cart and I went up to the bar and I got a beer to, to go, meaning you can walk around the store with it. So it was great. I, what a nice modern shopping experience. Um, <clears throat> and then we flew back early Friday morning back to New York and so early that we did the thing we'd started doing last year where we uh, stay at the airport Marriott the night before, which I love to do because it's just kind of like a fun little vacation inside your vacation. And I love the Cincinnati airport Marriott. It's like, it's across the highway from the airport. It's not like on site. It's about like one one point five mile away, but um, it, it's this huge, awesome hotel. Uh, I love it. So we stayed there and then came back to New York uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Thankfully, we missed that bad weather that hit Sunday and Monday. Um, but anyway, now it's like holiday season. Um, I've already gone to my first like holiday party. Well, actually, several. I've gone to one company party and two personal parties. So the company party was WordPress VIP. That was at some bar in like 29th and Park, and that was pretty fun. And um, then, uh, let's see, our friends Jamie and Todd, uh, who just had a baby two months ago, they held a little holiday lunch party uh, at their place um, in downtown Brooklyn. And then my uh, family upstairs, my brother and sister-in-law and my nieces, they had their annual party, and that was a rager as always. Um, like it's an all ages rager. Obviously it's only the adults raging, but the kids rage too, just like in a more kid way. Um, so that was a good time. And then, uh, let's see, my friend Steve from Chicago was in town. So he and I and our friend Matt Frampton hit union grounds yesterday and, um, and watched football. Um, which I haven't done that yet this year, gone to like the football bar and just kind of watched all the games at once. And, it's fun to do if you get a little table and you kind of watch it on, you're half paying attention and you're just talking about, uh, well, indie rock, like what we did and um, college football too. So fun day. Um, see, the other big thing, I'll get to them in the music section, but um, uh, I saw Bob Dylan. And before that, I went to Corner Bistro for the first time in like over a decade. And I know it's been over a decade because Foursquare showed me as having never been there, which means... I had not been there since Foursquare launched in the spring of 2009, and I started checking in. So um, Corner Beach Show's great still. The burgers are a little bigger, and they're twice as expensive, but I think that's fine because they went from being 5 bucks to 10 bucks, which I think is probably fair enough for um, a bar in Greenwich Village, <laughs> in the West Village. So um, yeah, really had a good time. I had I had two two small mugs of McSorley's Light Ale, I haven't had McSorley's in ages, and you know, if you know McSorley's, if you live in New York, you know that it's like, it's not great beer. It's just average, drinkable beer. Um, it's, um, you know, the bar itself is kind of like has a story and legend to it, but the beer is just like, yeah, it's just it is what it is. But it was fine enough. Um, I guess we can segue to music from that. So went to uh, went to Bob Dylan on Monday, December second. I think it was show number six out of the ten nights at the Beacon. Uh, he played the same set list all ten nights, and then like also the previous like ten shows on this fall run of this never end, of his never ending tour. Um, 
but the show like really flowed well. And if he's going to play a static set list, this was a good one to do it with. Um, the only, like if you're sort of a very casual fan, the only sort of big blue chip names in the set list are Simple Twist of Fate is in there, uh, Ballad of a Thin Man is in there, um, Girl from the North Country. Uh, what else? Is, I'm missing like another big one. That's kind of it. Things have changed, I guess, if you consider that like a late addition to the blue chip canon. Um, but yeah, you know, like four or five songs from Time Out of Mind, um, one from Love and Theft, one from Modern Times, uh, three from Tempest, his last album of new material from seven years ago, which um, were all great. Uh I would say that there's like probably three or four songs that are samey in the set because he's he's into this kind of like chug chug blues uh, sort of vibe right now. So Thunder on the Mountain, which is faster and even more chuggy than the studio version, gotta serve somebody from you know uh, Slow Train Coming is turned into this kind of bluesy rave up, and then Early Roman Kings is blues to begin with. Um, so it's all kind of you know maybe. Those three don't all have to be in the set, but um, anyway, absolutely great show. Um, I snuck in a photograph during the end of the last song of the night. Um, takes a lot to laugh, takes a train to cry, because Bob allows zero felt phone use at all. Um, he just despises the concept of people holding their phones and at shows and looking down and taking pictures, which I think is his prerogative. And if the artist wishes for me to not take a picture, I will... Well, I'll sneak a photo at the end for my own personal record, but I did not share it online in order to respect his wishes. Uh, but I got a good little photo, and um, it's you know it's it's a good visual reminder of just that night and and where we were sitting, but uh, which we were sitting in the lodge in the second to last row of the lodge, which is a pretty good seat. Um, anyway, at the beacon. So after the show, we stepped outside, and it was snowing, and it was so picturesque and New Yorky, and this like. 70-something woman who was probably some Upper West Side living woman who's, I, you know, I was like guessing she probably lives in some awesome rent-controlled apartment um, and has been there for like 40 years. But she was making sure we enjoyed the show. She asked if we were fans and my brother-in-law said he was a casual fan. And I said, I'm more of a kind of a serious nut fan. And yeah, and at the end she was like, She's like, you know, there's only one more show after the beacons at, in, in Washington. I was like, yeah, I know. And she said, I hope Bob sticks it to the politicians and plays Masters of War and Hard Rain. And I was like, yeah, I hope so too. I don't think he's going to do it because I don't see him changing the set list. Um, actually, I think that show was last night. I should check the set list. But anyway, I don't think he changed the set list. Um, his next shows are in the, in April, I think, in I th- Japan or somewhere. I think that's it. And then there's rumors that he has a whole new album done of new material for the first time in seven years. So we'll see. Um, let's see. The other thing I listened to is I finally listened to that. You may have noticed there's a new Grateful Dead album called Ready or Not, which is um, ver- live versions of all, of all of the new songs, almost all of the new songs from the 90s, which were supposed to be on their next studio album, which never got made. Um you know, I like a lot of those songs more than most people, I think. And um, but they made a point of use, releasing only unre- previously unreleased versions, which is getting harder and harder to do because there are so many live dead releases now, and even even the type of releases where they call one song from something or pick one song from something, or it's like a whole show that's on some really rare um, box set or something. So it's hard to find unreleased versions and. 
I have to say that I feel like there are more than a few better versions to be had of several of the songs on this release, like like Liberty, um, like Karina, a song I really love. Um, but that said, overall, um, fine enough release. I'm going to get it just basically for the pictures in the book in the booklet because I mean that is my era of when I saw the dead. Uh, most of the shows I saw were. Um, Vincent after I did see a few Brent shows in 1990 but um anyway uh, I would say that this is a pretty good release if you think you are not that interested in it then you probably are not <laughs> also I, I find it um I find it uh kind of like uh, intriguing that wave to the wind didn't make it the controversial Phil Lesh song uh, that debuted in 1992 and then it went away and they tried it again in 93 and it was better in 93, but then it went away again. Um, so I guess Phil wasn't happy with anything. Uh, but anyway, that is Phil's prerogative. And as we know, Phil has prerogative uh, in spades. Anyway, moving on to books. I haven't read much because I was traveling and doing stuff, but I finished the Alice Monroe book. It is absolutely incredible, dear life. And I can't wait to read more Alice Monroe now in the next year, I'd say. Um, at the library, there are new kiosks, which is really cool. It is much easier now to actually get the barcode to scan and pick up the pick up the barcode. So that's awesome. Um, and I brought back from Cincinnati my childhood copy of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, which I got in either fourth or fifth grade. We had to read it, and um, I gave it to my niece who is in sixth grade, and uh, she has started reading it. She seems very psyched to read it and very excited to read like. 180-year-old like, English language stuff because uh, when you read A Christmas Carol, some of it, you know, it's it's like not meant to be a difficult book, but some of it is written. It's I mean, it's using um, common sort of <laughs> diction and language that is common to that era, and it seems a little odd to, to us. So she actually asked me a few times. She started reading it right when I gave it to her, and I was still sitting there, and she asked me a few times, like, what is this? What is this? Um, she also found it um, really cool that there is a list of characters at the front, like a play. Um, anyway, uh, getting close to, like, that's actually been the last few weeks. Um, I wrote down all of the beers I've had. I'll go through them quickly. I had a lot of different beers in the last few weeks. Uh, two other half beers, um, Double Dry Hop Space Diamonds and Double Dry Hop Double Enigma, um, both like kind of typical other half very cloudy and strong, hazy IPAs, and they were awesome. Um, Threes Brewing, uh, my friend Eric brought a kicking and screaming, uh, some kicking and screaming cans to uh, my family's party this week and weekend, and that was great. I love kicking and screaming. Also had You People, which is um, a pretty pretty heavy IPA, 6.66%, not that heavy actually, but um, and uh the, uh, that was great. I had a Suarez Palatine Pills. Um, in Cincinnati, I had a Rheingeist Schmoke and a Pancake, they call it, which is like a smoky porter, and it was pretty good. But, you know, I don't love this type of beer, but um, that I had that at the Kroger Bar. Also, I had a New Holland Dragon's Milk Stout, which was better. Um, at Thanksgiving, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, brought over Mad Tree PSA, which is their sort of easy-drinking uh, pale ale, and it's great. It's probably my favorite pale ale, this Mad Tree PSA. And um, I also had something at Bar Great Harry two weeks ago called the Fair State Spirit Spirit Fair IPA, and that was good too. And that's kind of it. Uh, let's see, gearing up for the next I Get Wild show, uh, which is... 
uh, on Tuesday the 17th at Littlefield, and we're going to be joined by Chris Harford's Band of Changes, which I think has Joe Russo and Dave Drywitz and Scott Metzger and that crew. Um, I think this will be a fun show. Oh, our last I Get Wild show at FM Bar in Jersey City, which was right after I recorded the last episode, was so much fun and awesome, and then we danced all night on the dance floor. Um Fun, fun time. So yeah, I get wild on the 17th at Littlefield. And then Garden of the Ark, my loud, heavy band Garden of the Ark, we are playing on Friday, December 27th after Christmas at um, Three's Brewing. So that'll be a nice family show in my little home away from home. Um, But hopefully I will be back with another episode before that. Maybe not before the Littlefield I Get Wild show, but soon after. Um, I guess that's it. Um, It is noon on Monday the 8th. I'm sitting in my favorite chair. I took the day off. There was a break in the rain, so I went running before, and now I'm sitting here, and I'm going to go pick up Oliver in three hours and enjoy the rest of my day off. Um, So, yeah, this has been episode... Oh, I just closed my notes. What was it, 33? Yeah, episode 33 of the Conrad Life Report, December 9th, 2019. Um, Have a good one.